0: Of my morning, babe. Morning, 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 morning. What's up? It's Nostalgia, your weekly look at what's going on in pop culture. I'm here with my co host Dave Martinson. He said he won't start the podcast till I get him his cherry Pepsi Zero. So, Cherry Coke Zero? Coke Zero, Cherry bro, Coke Coke Zero. come on. Ah, mess it up. It's such a weird choice. <laughs> it's just a weird show. I didn't know they made Cherry Coke Zero. I don't think they do. Thing. I think that was, like, the point of it, right? Nice. I see what you did there. Good job. You can never be pleased. He's a millennial. We have forgotten to be happy. Uh I love that speech in the beginning. So funny. Yeah, it's a great speech. And also, just, like, the imagery of all the... The cardinals. cardinals falling over. <laughs> Fantastic. We're going to get to The Young Pope and uh, the Cherry Coke Zero, but we got a lot to talk about this week. The XX released a new album. We talked about their single off that album, so we wanted to follow up. We're also going to do a round of Dope or Nope. The Return. Why don't we start there? As of today's recording, which is Tuesday, White Man Can't Jump will be remade. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Another remake that no one asked for. We don't really know a lot of details yet. There's no stars attached, but... I'm curious to see if it's a straight-up remake, or if it's more like a reimagining that's kind of steal the title and make a basketball movie with a black guy and a white guy, you know? Hmm. So I guess it would depend on which direction they go, but yeah, it's not something we asked for. Not something we asked for. And it has a tough road to being good enough to justify its existence, so it be. it's a firm nope for the time firm being. Firm nope? For the time being. I have a strong opinion about it. I'm not like a huge white man can't jump fan. Mm-hmm. Movie's good, but Yeah, I'm a soft. Uh, I'm a soft nope, I think. It, it's yeah. a fun movie and you know, Harrelson and Snipes that movie, just their camaraderie is right. is great. So if they cast it well, it could potentially be a fun movie to watch. Sure. Who would you want to see in the two lead roles? Anyone you can think of? Oh, I feel like there's some easy front runners. Michael B. Jordan, basically. Michael B. Jordan or John Boyega. I think mm-hmm. they both could do it. Both have the chops. Both have the charm, both have the athletic ability. I mean, I don't even know if you need the athletic ability, but... Does John Boyega have the athletic ability? I don't know that. There's pictures of him running on the set of Pacific Rim, too. He looks pretty fit. Hmm. <laughs> well, you know, if you can run, you can definitely play basketball. Well, he, he actually was getting, like, super swole for that movie, too, so... Hmm, interesting. And, like, Michael B. Jordan already did that for Greed, so. But can he run the point, Dave? Don't know. That's the real question. He might be more of a combo guard, you know? <laughs> well, positions. What about for the other role? The white man that can't jump. Well, Miles Teller. Just put him in oh, everything. Oh, Miles Teller. Yeah, he, he should just do only sports movies from here on out. Yeah, they already had Bleed for this and got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, the boxing, safe safe decision. You know, boxing movies, they usually have a high floor. <laughs> but yeah, Miles Teller, because I think it's funny because Miles Teller's like not as good looking dude as Michael P. Jordan or John B. He's not ugly dude. No. But like... Like, going with Zac Efron, who obviously has the charm, he's almost, like, too good-looking to be in this movie because the the Woody Harrelson character wasn't, like, a a super stud, you know? Well, he's Woody Harrelson. And Zac Efron can't pretend to not be a stud anymore. What about Shia LaBeouf? I'd love to watch him go Methodist as fuck. I would too. be like some <laughs> analytics nerd, be like, "Yo, John, that's a bad shot. Stop <laughs> selling them long twos. <laughs> Only threes from that distance. Only threes. No, <laughs> oh, that that would be awesome. Actually, I think that would be probably my ideal pairing. I watch Shia Buff and everything. I, he's yeah. been great lately. Fury's so good, and he's also just fun to hear all the stories that come out too. Of so. course, and, and let let him be as weird as uh, possible. Maybe he'll spit some more freestyles in between sets. You know. Maybe him uh, and, in and John chains. Boyega will be trading lines. Who knows? Moving on, Dave. Can you explain this Nintendo news to me? Because I saw you got in a Twitter war with friend of the podcast Steve Decorda, over feelings about yeah. some of the new announced news. And oh, no. no, it was a Twitter war. it was different, different perspective. Beef, slight beef. There was some harsh words shared. I don't wanna go that far. But if you're curious, go to twitter.com/slash/martinswager. S W martinswagger, G R. And, of course, follow the show at NostalgiaPod. Let us know what you think about the Nintendo Switch. Console comes out March 3rd here in the U.S. Region free, which is cool. So if you want to import cool Japanese game, you can play it over here. No problem. But, you know, that's minor detail. So it's $300, which I think is a very fair price. The Wii, after all, Too expensive. was $250. The only counter to that is that Xbox Ones and PlayStation 4s, which are more powerful machines, even though they're three years older, you can get those for around $300 or a little less with a pack-in game. So, you know, I see both sides of that, but I also think that 300 is a good price to go with because if they need to do a price drop, they comfortably probably can. You can't really start off too low. The problem, though, with their conference was... On top of it being very corporatey and not at all exciting, it didn't really garner any enthusiasm for the console. There's really a lack of Nintendo Switch games. There's really not much that we know. So it's what Mario Odyssey is that Super Mario Odyssey doesn't that- come out till the the fall holiday okay. sometime, which is you know when all the marquee games come out. So that game will obviously sell hotcakes when it comes out. Launch game though March third is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, was which say. was supposed to be coming for Wii U for such such a long time. Wii U failed so miserably they held it off. My thing is, I think Nintendo Switch probably probably would have been better if they just released the whole console in the fall with Zelda and Mario together, but they kind of just need to put Zelda out because Zelda's been ready for so long. And it looks dope. It looks oh yeah, really and really Zelda's good. will be great, obviously. Mario, we know, is going to be great as well. The problem is, that's really all there is. All the, like the third-party developers, you know, studios or devs that aren't like Nintendo themselves, mm-hmm. we don't really know how much support the console's going to have because... Developing for the Switch is way different than Xbox and PlayStation Four because it's a weaker console, Mm -hmm. and because it has the uh, traditional like plug it into your TV mode, the Switch, and then also has its handheld mode where you basically use that screen as the screen. The resolution changes, so I think it's just it's harder to develop for. So, you know, the long-term prospects of what games are going to be on this thing, it's really up in the air. We really don't know. In theory, because it's the union of Nintendo's handheld market, you know, the 3DS and their console market, the Wii U. In theory, you have all your teams working together on the same device, so there's more games for the one thing, mm-hmm. in theory, but there's still a lot of questions. So I would recommend people just wait. If you really want this thing, get it in the fall. Get it with Mario and Zelda together. There's no point in not waiting, I think, unless you want to play Zelda day one. Get it at the, that Christmas time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Get it. It, it sounds like it'll it. be a holiday bundle, no doubt. We talked about the nintendo switch and, and our, our feelings about it actually in you know, a previous doper game, no, yep. i think the price is high it kind of comes with the territory at this right. point with gaming is that if you're going yeah, it's an expensive to, hobby i mean what, what do you think yeah i mean it's a console is- don't think of this a handle they even called it a home system many times in the conference so mm-hmm. ps4 debuted at 400
1: mm-hmm. and
0: now it's right around three same with the xbox one so you know whether you're getting it now or you got them it before it's not it's super cheap medium right even this this will show off how far behind I am in, on gaming I was looking for games for my Xbox 360 mm-hmm. very recently and those games are still even like 60 70 bucks it's just kind of yeah anyway, it depends what you're getting but yeah and it, it, it's it's just one of 360s those cost around that much when they came out. Right, and for they several did. years, three sixty was active for like eight years, I think, and a good six of it, it was around three hundred dollars. So right, and it's not, it's not like like the Wii, where it's this, it's basically like a upgraded version of a N- nintendo 64 in a way where you have different games and you can play around with the controller in different ways like mm-hmm. this is actually trying to move into that same kind of sphere as xbox right. and ps4 so i feel like a price increase makes total sense for it so i say dope on the system nope on the price but that's just because i don't really spend money on games yeah. anyway so there's still there's still a lot of unknowns and also like the accessories extra controllers are those things are too expensive the Joy-Con, which is like those two controllers that come together. Right. You want to get those together, it's 80 bucks. An Xbox One or PS4 controller is 60 which has been a standard price for a mm-hmm. while. And then if you want an extra dock for the screen. Right. You know, so you have two of them. Like 100 It's $90. Wow. And the thing support wow. This thing supports up to eight players, yeah, which is it's great. Cool. But you better have seven other friends that already have one because it, you're not going to want to invest in <laughs> yeah, second well, ones yourselves. Yeah, you just know? put a, a quick so, two grand into the gaming system. Yeah, so I'd just say there's a lot of unknown, so the thing will probably sell very well initially, because all the pre-orders will happen, and I expect it to be a slow burn. It'll be better than the Wii U, but, you know, this is not going to be a meteoric success like the PS4. It needs to be a firm success, though, for Nintendo. Remains to be seen. But let us know what you think. Moving on to rounding out our festival lineup talk, at least for this we got. There's not many major festivals that will be releasing their lineup in the next couple weeks other than maybe Firefly. What about Lala? Lala is in March. Oshiega. Um, Oshiega, I believe, is in February or March. Yeah, it's an August uh, festival. Yeah, so any August festivals will be released in a couple months. So this is really the last huge festival that will be in June for the summer. Bonneru usually has the most competitive lineup other than Lollapalooza, to Coachella, some have called it the East Coast Coachella. I definitely has the pedigree. It's yeah, it does. It, it does. U2, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Weeknd, and Chance the Rapper were the headliners this year. This will mark Chance's fourth straight year at Bonnaroo. He was on the lineup in 2015. He showed up as a guest in 2014, 2016. Who was he guest for for those shows? 2014 was... 14 a- was the year to see him, man. Acid Rap. I Hadn't come out the year before? 14 was Earth, Wind, and Fire. He came out with and then he also That's came, cool. He partook in the Super Jam. And then in 16, I think I he came out that. with J. Cole. Okay. So. It's an interesting lineup, because last year's Bonnaroo was the 15-year anniversary of Bonnaroo. And they went all out on getting crazy legacy headliners. Like LCD Sound System, The Grateful mm-hmm. Dead, Pearl Jam as their top five. For context, game. Governor's Ball is, what, five years old? Yeah, something along those lines. It's interesting. I don't feel blown away by this lineup at all. I feel like the Red Hot Lee Peppers, The Weeknd, and Chance the Rapper are all pretty meh headliners. You too. Very cool. They're doing it their first tour in a long time, <laughs> and they're actually doing some really good songs because they're doing their 30th anniversary of Joshua Tree, so they'll get a two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour set where they'll play the entire Joshua Tree album and then probably their greatest hits, so that will actually be a fun you two three hours not gonna be their, their their deep cuts which i think would be a little turn off to some people um but i mean what what are your thoughts <laughs> as long as, long as they, they play songs of innocence i'll be hyped <laughs> what are your initial thoughts on this i'm just show? bummed that travis scott's at like coachella and bonnaroo and not at governor's ball i really wanted to see him this year well, you could make the trip down Bonner, Dave. Yeah, I'll go to Tennessee for one guy. That's yeah, one. why not? You would see the weekend in chance too. Yeah, but I'm seeing Chance already. And you saw him back in September. And I saw him the time before that, so it's you know come on. Or around. October. Uh, Lord's here again though. So yeah, Lord. Again, album. It's definitely coming. She's doing the push. With a lot of people that are touring a lot, of, you know, doing a lot of festivals, right? Mm-hmm. Tavlo, the XX, Flume, Kate the Elephant. Marshmallow, yep. The Head and the Heart. Right at- Friends in the Lights, he's literally at everything. <laughs> Carsey Headrest, literally yep. at everything. Yep. Yeah, there wasn't anything that really stood out to me as kind of blowing me away. Portugal the Man, really high book. Popular. Yeah, I didn't know they were ever that big. I didn't know that they were that popular either. Uh, Cold War Kids being below them was actually very surprising. Cold War-, Cold War Kids was supposed to be a governor's ball last year. Glass Animals on that fourth line is, is pretty surprising as well. Just- zombies, my guys. They're <laughs> awesome. Drum. Going to perform that broccoli. No yachty at any of these festivals, man. Just what do you think about that? little sus. I just want to uh, call attention to... Maybe San, he'll be at Lala. It's San Holo down near the bottom. Good for good him. Good on you, them. man. There's also someone named Leon, there. which I just think is a cool name. Leon. Also uh, Mr. Robot character. <laughs> Twiddle, which is, like a, I, think, I believe, a folk rock band from Vermont. Sounds about right. They have like their own little festival in Vermont every year. They made it to the bottom, along with Big Jesus, you know what I should have done, Dave? I should have told you not to look at this lineup, and I should I have should asked you if these are real names or... or White Reaper. Names. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> r- ridiculous. Oh, no, the best one is Coin. Rainbow Kitten Surprise? <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a real name. Crazy. I agree. It doesn't blow me away per se. This is not the kind of lineup that I would, like, for sure get a full day pass to kind of thing. No. I'd definitely look at the breakdown, if I was even going. I have a friend that goes to Bonnaroo every year, and he was pretty disappointed with this lineup. Like Yellow Claw as, like, the second biggest or third biggest EDM act? That's pretty weak. They have Major Lazer and Flume, obviously two top-tier guys. Marshmallow. Marshmallow, big, gigantic Yellow Claw. That's a quick drop-off. Borgor is actually pretty low. That's kind of weird. The always the interesting part to Bonnaroo as well is who the comedian's going to be. And Chris Rock has been touring, but I believe he would be listed on here. I think they would want to promote that if he was going to be... I didn't actually figure out... (laughs) Like Coachella having Hans Zimmer. Yeah, Yeah. if you got someone out there, put it on here. Oh, there it is. Bluegrass Situation Super Jam hosted by Ed Helms and Friends. Oh, well, no. Ed Helms, that's actually his band. Oh, he's a band? Yeah. He plays the uh, banjo in it. Like, if you ever watch The Office, he plays the banjo and sings. I see. I think he's actually there every single year. Is Russ, Russell Westbrook's performer name? by any chance so i guess they haven't announced their comedian jet but chris rock is touring this year so if they grabbed him i'd that, like to see that that would be a really good he's arguably the best special ever yeah uh, i would agree him and eddie murphy probably yeah top two shout so. out tory lanes and his utter whackness being on the fourth line yeah good for him man why not uh, he sucks so much yeah but getting on that fourth <laughs> line keep getting them checks yeah, right. Keep getting those checks. Uh, I think it's more of an indictment on Bonnaroo's problem. But Pat, that wasn't the only lineup that got released within the week. We also had Boston Calling. I'm very excited for Boston Calling, which is a festival I didn't even wasn't even aware of. I am strongly considering buying a ticket to Boston. At Harvard Yard, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really interesting lineup. Tool, man. The fans will be there. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I, if I if I go, I'll get to actually meet a Tool fan, which would be really <laughs> exciting for me. Right. Miss the joke. Check out our Governor's Ball and yes. Panorama preview. From last week at SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. Stay plugging. You'll get what we mean. So Boston Calling, there are three tiers of festivals. Uh, festivals. Yeah, it's a third-tier festival, right? Yeah, it's so a, usually fun. a third-tier festival. This, this is the, the ones are third-tier? It's Panorama. Uh, are Panorama would probably be considered, but it's backed by Golden Voice, which is like, it, it pumps out Coachella. Meadows Major, probably, right? right? Yeah. Meadows is the first-year one. How could it be anything else, right? Yeah. Founders. Um, Let's see, something like. Boy, what would be another one? Something like. Well, Way Shaky, Home. Shaky Knees? Way Home You speak. Shaky Knees, yeah, Shaky Knees was up there. What's like some of those Midwest ones? I always forget what those are called. There's a few weird ones. Like, I don't know. South by Southwest is its own thing because it's not just music. Uh, I well, wouldn't even count that. Yeah, South by Southwest and Austin, Austin State Limits. That's usually a mid to top tier. That's half an industry event yeah, as well. The, the top four, pretty much undisputed, are Coachella. Bonnaroo, Lollapalooza, and New Orleans Jazz Fest, which consistently pulls in fantastic... You put Lala up first? I thought it would be more like a Firefly in the second tier. No, lala has been around so, since the 90s. Oh, Main America. Huge. Yeah, Maine America. That, I think that would be considered a third, usually second tier, kind of just yeah. between playing the lineup. Right. But Boston Calling, usually they'll get... Oh, what about O'Shaga? That's the last one. O'Shaga. Well, that... Second? Yeah, that would be second, I would say. Cool. Um, All right, so we've set the stage. Right. Boston calling usually gets maybe one, maybe two good headliners and they have a pretty mediocre to weak undercard. Well, this is a not me- not this year. Yeah, this is a very strong undercard. I mean, a lot of big acts. Brandy Carlisle. I mean, come on. This budget, bro. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm not really sure where this came from, but I Cole, mean, the headliner from Governor's Ball yep chance rapper has been everywhere <laughs> M- mumford and sons who headlined two or three major festivals bon last Iver. year bonniver and the xx the xx this is their third one right yeah major laser weezer again and the 1975 as long as uh, uh solange solange cage uh, the elephant obviously run the jewels sierra Roos, which they're scandinavian it's icelandic rock band from the 90s who people have been like opining to be to come back recently so <laughs> of had rest hit. in modern baseball two of your bands from last year the sylvan Esso, flatbush zombies it's a, a deep Danny brown I'm, feel, I'm very France excited the lights again mm-hmm. russell westbrook again pretty uh, good man it is and i'm probably gonna go very excited about it It's just, nathaniel ratliff and the night sweats so think about like zach brown band only like grittier oh this is better yeah, it's like it's not chicken fried. It's like chicken grilled. They 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 sing this song uh, song called "Son of a Bitch," pass yeah. me a drink or something like that. And I saw them last Maybe year. they the inauguration. It's pretty good. Nah, they can't get anyone to go to the... They couldn't even get the, the the B C D or E Street band to show up at the inauguration <laughs> That's this so so year. Funny. Funny, so. But it's gonna be a great show, so make, some... make sure you get there. Mark Hamill did more Trump tweets in his Joker voice, so check those out. <laughs> those are always dope. Adam himself. Yeah, so Boston Calling, kind of a breakout lineup here yeah. for them. Uh, I, I think it's very dope. I Absolutely, know I, really I, I, I was looking at the past few years, and I was like, wow, it doesn't even compare. No, not even close. Because <laughs> like you look at this and like, oh, maybe they get like Solange and Chance, and then have like nothing. Mm-hmm. But no, they have they have quite the the list, you know, the, they the, do. The, their own set of lines. So good yeah. for them, that's also is that only a two day festival or is it? No, I now believe it's three, it's days? three day, but it I think they they start later is Better what it day. is, so it, it starts like either way. That's, that's cool. Absolutely. So we should probably get moving though, because we've been talking for a while and and not really getting through a lot of this news. <laughs> So why don't we run through these pretty quick? Yeah, yeah. There was, what was a The TCA's. Yeah, TCA Television Critics Association, they do like a press tour twice a year, and it's funny because I feel like they just did one, but yeah. the fall TV season is right. actually quite a while ago now, so it makes sense. <laughs> Time flies, man. So w- we're going to run through the big news, just quick dope or nope on these. Better Call Saul, Gus Fring, will be in this upcoming season. Yep. What do you think? I think mean, that's dope. I yeah. thought it was pretty obvious it was going to happen, but I wasn't sure if they would spin their wheels a little more and take an extra season because they think they they could if they wanted to so that's awesome because his relationship Gus's relationship with Saul which is something you just are thrust right into the middle of Mm -hmm. in break middle through Breaking Bad was really strong and Mm -hmm. obviously seeing Gene Carlo Esposito back would be great so definitely dope. Yeah, and it will probably be, if I had to take a guess, probably the main event that will pull Saul. Because he's kind of going in between yeah. right now. Does he want to be legit? Does he want to be kind of a crooked yeah. lawyer? Maybe he'll just stroll into, into Los Pollos Hermanos and go from there. Right. Atlanta, not coming back until 2018. This is dope. As predicted. Definitely dope. You, you did predict this. Right. Because yeah. we have Fargo to fill the void. <laughs> you have Fargo to fill the void, but also let Donald Glover cook. Yeah. No matter how long it takes, let him cook. Land, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also he has a fx production deal right so he's going to be helping produce and develop other projects for fx and streaming things so Donald cool. love that's a huge thing for him so good for him staying in the fx family curb your enthusiasm we'll be coming back this year for season nine yeah after quite some time it was 2011 yeah it's been five years so yeah, yeah 2011 2012 right? Donald Glover's a lot like larry david and louis ck we'll make it when we want to make it thanks for giving us our space but not nearly as established <laughs> as them. Of course. Is like, which is the cool part about he's it. He's more of a, what's the term? A hy- hyphen? A guy who has multiple careers. Like He just does everything. Oh, uh, yeah. A hyphen. And, uh, a hyphen in, uh, he's like a polymath. Yeah. Yeah. He just does whatever he wants. Which is so cool. Right. But yeah, Larry David coming back? Yeah, I guess dope. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm not a huge curb guy, but it's good to see you back. Awkward comedy never really has been my, my favorite type of comedy. Usually I just want to hide beneath the blanket when i'm watching it so <laughs> I'll, I'll probably watch it though last thing we have on our list for today a series of unfortunate events it's now on netflix what do you I, think i forget. i don't know how many books it covers but... it had well i think there was what died 13 ah, books something like that. Fuck if i know bro i didn't but, read those nope they had they had cool pages on them so it wasn't like equal a lot of pictures bro i'd send some emojis i don't need no picture book no, it's not a picture. Well, I guess they probably do have some illustrations in there. Neil Patrick Harris is Lemony Snicket. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't actually look like him. It's pretty uh, I'd pretty probably cool. say no, because I don't really give a fuck Yeah, I don't, give a, I don't give a fuck at all. But, but uh, it's, it's notable. If you it's give a, a fuck, let us know. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you to freaking watch Harry Potter again instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of everything that I need to get to watch, this is at the very bottom. Oh my. This will not even grace my backlog, let's put it that way. <laughs> it's not on the list. So, moving on. The XX, I See You. Third album from the band. We both... I think, talked about how we liked On Hold. I think you were a little bit less high on it than I was, but I thought it was a very good song. It's also the best song from the record, so... The lead single being the best song reminds me of Schoolboy Q's Oxymoron record, where Man of the Year was ostensibly the best banger of the album. And it's disappointing, isn't it? It is disappointing because you're always like, oh, there's like you that the, initial high. The next song has to be And then better. you kind of flatline a little bit. Not, not as fun. <laughs> this isn't a bad record by... any I was happy. It was 38 minutes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so you didn't enjoy it? No, I can't really speak to indie pop, but I didn't really see the appeal of it. I just think it's so moody. And the, the singing, the lyrics, I just, I just don't know when I'd ever want to listen to that. I just, don't, I just don't think it's fun to listen to. It's kind of boring. There were some really fun moments in this album. Like, and the first song, Dangerous. Dangerous yeah, that, yeah, the, that the had a nice bass line and some horns. And Absolutely. then it stopped, and I thought I was listening to the same song for the next 30 minutes. I couldn't tell. Really? Not a fan. Say Something Loving, I think, is a song that doesn't really sound like any of the other songs on the album. I guess I just easily tuned out. A little disappointing, because I really thought that this kind of emphasized The what... vocal is just too generic. I just can't get into it. Wow. You I just re- do like it. See, uh, I think the vocals are limited, but I don't think they're generic at all. I think they both have voices that are unlike any other voices I mean, in music right now. They just sound like a sad indie guy to me, a girl to me. Hmm. Jamie Xx's arrangements, his uh, production is good, especially when it's more lively, but it just makes me want to listen to in color again, or his remix album with... Gil Scott-Heron. I would agree that this takes each of them and it kind of emphasizes everything that they've done in the past records, but Jamie really gets the shot on this, I think. His production is obvious throughout, and Dangerous is a great song. On Hold, I think, is like a right. signature well, Jamie XX song, basically. One of your top 10 songs of the year? Yeah, it's a fantastic song. Listen to it. if you podcast. missed it. I thought Replica, Violent Noise... Both were excellent songs. Replica, more Rami than anything. Rami is the the vocalist. Yeah, Rami, Madley Croft, and Oliver Slim are the other two members of the band. Oliver Slim, I like that. It could be Simba. I think I've called him Slim on the past, so I'm just going to stay consistent. <laughs> but it really does just like emphasize them and lets them kind of do more of what they've done in past XX albums. And I, I honestly think this is a great return to what the XX did on their self titled first album. I mm-hmm. think it's better than Coexist by far. I also think it's a very consistent album. It, it touches on a lot of vulnerable topics, which. Is... I didn't know if it got that deep, to be honest. <laughs> I thought it was just more sad than anything else. Like, how vulnerable yeah. do they really get? There's like, was, like one really? memoir they're talking about, like, social anxiety or whatever. You talked about social anxiety, you talked about wanting to make their, their parents proud and how um, that like fear paralyzes them at times, talked about wanting to talk to paralyze them, they can barely, you know, get in the sound booth, man. Like jeez, the delivery delivery's pretty weak. Hmm, Well Again, yeah. I don't I can't speak to Indie Bob, but I didn't like it. Well, I'm sorry you didn't like it, Dave. It is a good album, though. I would say check it out if you like rock or indie pop, or if you just want to get ready for the festivals this year, because the XX will be everywhere pretty much, and they'll be touring on their own. It'll also be interesting to see how they do this stuff live, because their past shows, I mean, Jamie didn't really have much to do. He's not going to stand there now. No, so I don't know what it's going to look like, but it should be interesting. I'd also like to see those vocals live, <laughs> see how that comes across. That, that actually... Because that could be the, the hit or the miss. That actually usually comes across really well, especially yeah. if you're in like an indoor setting. Outdoor will be interesting, yeah. but we'll find out. Something we also found out about this week, the young Pope. How oh, he did. The young Pope. Lenny Berlardo. Just absurd. He's fucking young, bro. <laughs> He's mad young. <laughs> He's a Pope. Yeah, so the young Pope is a 10-episode series on hbo just started first episode last sunday it already aired in october in italy on sky atlantic and it was the biggest series episode ever in italy it actually did better than the italian premiere of game of thrones so people were very excited for it obviously because it's shot location like we are in the vatican for this that's from Paolo sorrentino that's crazy an italian director Fact that they were actually in the Vatican right. to shoot this, you know, if you want the tourists to go, you just put up a sign that says close. <laughs> but just insane, the access people have to the Vatican in general, I think, is crazy. Well, yeah, but the fact that they got like some of the behind the scenes stuff, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Cool to see that, and yeah, it's beautiful. I think we said about most of the shows we talk about right. now, which I think just talks to the effect that filmmakers moving from movies to TV, Correct. Have kind of yeah, this is, of this is a, a film director, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a hard show to kind of talk about, because after one episode, you don't really know exactly what's going on. The basic premise seems to be he's a young pope, and he's, he's conflicted. He's first, first American pope. First American pope, sure. The church, they decide to pick him. Because he's, like, more conservative. Yeah, he's super conservative. He kind of rejects the liberal principles of his predecessor. And the church went to him to try and, you know combat declining faith and stuff. Real life church things. It's just so funny that they go with the, the conservative guy, someone who's just going to alienate the church and make it look less appealing. Right. But I think that that's half the joke. The show's kind of in on the fun, which I think is really funny. And that's the thing, I guess, if there's like an overall plot, it seems to be it's whatever that second head cardinal is versus like, the, he the young just, pope. He just likes fucking then, with his Car- Carmelangelo and his other under, like underlings. Right, and, that, and then it's going to turn pa- into... he loves the power... It's going to turn into like them trying to tear each other apart, and like yeah. all the this, all this ridiculous situations they're going to put right. each other in, pretty much. I Which is cool. I didn't recognize this at first, but uh, Diane Keaton, who plays... Julianne called that out immediately. She's like, is that yeah. Diane Keaton? I was like, yeah. how did you even, so even know that? The sister who uh, <laughs> raised young Lenny in an orphanage, she uh, was Kay in The Godfather. Michael's wife was in her first role, and she since won a Best Actress Award 77 mm-hmm. for Annie Hall, but... That's cool, but other than her, you're not going to recognize any of the rest of the cast. A lot of, uh, you know, Italian dudes playing cardinals, as far as we could see for the first episode. But it's really just watching Jude Law just dig into the role and enjoy being charismatic And, dig, and dig out of a pyramid of babies, pretty much. <laughs> well, like. he, he wasn't doing that. That was that was the other baby. That's that brought <laughs> that brought me back to three hundred. <laughs> the opening scene. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I mean, if you it starts that, off uh, with two dream se- sequences. Uh, it's just an absurd like way to start a <laughs> and show. And the second one. Oh, man. That was great. <laughs> so good. It's definitely an interesting show. It's, it's weird. It's an interesting commentary, I think, on the Catholic Church, probably. It's not self-serious, though. which is It's imp- not. Which is funny, because it juxtaposes it silence kind of- so well, which is another... A film about Catholicism from an Italian filmmaker that came out this weekend. It tries to, like, come across as deadpan with a lot of this stuff. Like, right. there's no real... I, I wouldn't say there's any, like, laugh-out-loud moments, but there's a lot of moments yeah. where you're like, wow, that's well, pretty ridiculous. judging yeah. by some of the red-ups already, because the screeners, I think, they got three episodes. Two, to, yeah. I think, Or, yeah, l- legitimately, anyway. Obviously, it's already out there elsewhere. But in the second episode, he's going to get a kangaroo as a gift and he just, like, lets it go in the Vatican. It's like a running gag of, like, just the kangaroo just <laughs> fucking around in, like, the lawn and shit. I also heard that he gets dressed to LMFAO's Sexy, Sexy Man Man. I know it. So, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not totally... Selfish. I mean, he drops his drawers, and you see a nice shot of Drew law's ass in the first episode yeah and he really does just mess with everybody around him like he's like oh i, I was making a joke but i, th- I thought that was pretty obvious yeah. apparently you didn't get it oh How i don't do even you? believe in god
1: what are you <laughs> saying yeah. i'm kidding right
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he goes to confession and he's like what do you confess god uh, i don't really have anything to confess father i confess that my mind is unable to come up with uh, sins to confess right that's my sin <laughs> Okay. Well, a penis or whatever. Then he's just like, <laughs> "Tell me everything about everybody else's sins." Hmm. So it's it's definitely interesting. We'll we'll probably be talking about it as it goes. But and of course the meme machine that the show <laughs> is is very funny. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm really excited to see Jude Law sex pope. That'll be my favorite episode just because that's absolutely absurd. <laughs> what do you think about Jude Law cast in this role? I like Jude Law a lot. I, I feel like he I, I said to Julianne as we were watching this. I feel like he hasn't made as much of a career as I thought he would. He. Did he get blacklisted? No, he, no. He's just a generation ago of the guy who was supposed to be the next huge star that just didn't become one. Mm-hmm. We've kind of talked about Chris Pine mm-hmm. kind of going that way. It happened to Colin Farrell. Happened to Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, Colin Farrell is a terrible actor. Uh, I mean, he's he's bad choices, perhaps. Bad he's not, movies. He's not great in a lot of movies. I feel like, for example, The Lobster was mm-hmm. able to use why he's so bad in a lot of movies and almost like ha- use let him overact to. Make Depends. his role. I but think he's good, he was good in True Detective. He was okay. That, that that whole season's a mess. It is. Him and Rachel McAdams <laughs> though were good. Yeah, R- Rachel McAdams I think was the the best part of that season. And Vince Vaughn talking to himself as he dragged his bloody leg through the desert. So. <laughs> but Jude Law's kind of in that boat where he just never got the the true lead, but he's always kind of been around. He's always been acting. Like look at his his wiki. He's seen a lot of stuff. Interesting. I like Any of the gates. I wish more people talk about that. That is a really good movie. All right. Well, we will be talking about the youngest pope moving forward. <laughs> we will be talking about silence next week. Yep. We'll so, definitely juxtapose this week with ne- with next when we talk about silence. And probably three, three hours. Three-hour-long so. epic from Scorsese. Yeah. If you want to hear us talk about it, you probably should watch it, so... Take that time this week to carve out three hours of your life to go watch missionaries get beaten to death. I mean, today. it's two hours forty plus around twenty minutes of previous, give or take, plus the time you have to drive there, time you have to drive back, so, you know, it's not that much time considering twenty-four hours in a day, but, yeah, budget. Yeah, it's just an eighth of your day. <laughs> which you spend... Assuming you don't sleep for the you know, other eighth. so Or what, other third? Yeah, third of your day, so, yeah, no big deal. Red we'll hard. be talking about Lord's surprise drop of her new album. We did call it here first. If she does have a surprise (laughs) drop, you fucking tell everyone that you heard it from us. (laughs) I'm going to make this prediction every week just so we can say we did it first. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise drop. If you have other topics that you want us to be talking about, though... Stuff will come up. Yeah, tweet us at NowStyleJapod. This was supposed to be the week. There wasn't much to talk about. Tweet at myself, at Peace. We've got a lot to talk about. Taboo. Keep watching it. Let us know. Yeah, so tweet at at Martin Swagger at Peace at NowStyleJapod. Follow us everywhere. Leave us an iTunes review, a rating... Tell a friend if you like what you hear. Yeah, and we've gotten some really positive reviews, so share it with people. We're getting a lot of views now. Absolutely. Help us get more. Catch us next week. Nostalgia Pod, we out. All my days